Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Today we will literally have the bases covered as it is opening day of the 2021 baseball season. Uh, Some games have concluded, other games are currently happening, and we're going to talk all about uh, the opening day of baseball and give some of our predictions and some previews. I know Mike has made a few wagers. I'm going to let him know if those are good wagers or if they're bad wagers. We'll play a little game uh, throughout the show, but it's all uh, a lot of baseball today, Mike, as uh, you and I are big baseball fans, and opening day of baseball is is one of the few days of the year that baseball gets to have sort of a big spotlight. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, this is a Thursday, April's first. You know, April 1st is always going to be your, uh, you know, April Fool's Day, but this ain't no fool. And we are here. We're starting on time. We got some fans in the stadiums, varying numbers between each ballpark as to how many they can hold, how many they can host. But most importantly, we're seeing baseball on the field get a full 162, and I couldn't be any more excited. I think the players are excited. The fans are excited. People on social media are excited. All the way around, this is a very, very good day. I know I've shared this probably the last three or four opening days with you, Gino, but I was uh, I was one of those kids. I didn't play hooky at school um, because my parents would kill me anyways. So I wasn't one of those that kind of like bounced. But there was one day where my parents never found out, and I always just had to sneak out. And that was opening day. (laughs) And I'd either go with my brother or a friend to Frankie's Sports Bar and Grill. This is before you could watch them all at home anyways. But, uh, you know, they had like eight satellites or something like that. And remember when they had all those big satellites in the back of sports bars and stuff? Right? And, uh, yeah. And so... Would be there from 10 a.m. out here in the West Coast. Typically is when the first game starts. And uh, pretty much right until the school bell rang or you're out of school and got home at the exact time we normally would and then just got glued to the TV at home. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, – my mom was a teacher at my school when uh, up until I was oh, in high school. Oh, so you school, couldn't so get away with that shit. I, could, I wouldn't have been able to even uh, to swing something like that, although m- once I got into high school, um, uh, especially when I, on like game days and I had played soccer or something, I would uh, – sometimes uh, I would say, Mom, I don't feel really good. I, you know, yeah, I'm going yeah. to miss first period and she'd write, me, she'd write me a note so I could like miss and, and be good to go like later. I could sleep in a little bit and be ready for my games. And, but uh, yeah, the, these – it's crazy for like a 162 game season. There aren't all that many times where it's like, oh, today's a baseball day. You know, it's really like opening day. I think what we get like, uh, like Memorial Day, what like Labor Day, and then that that first day or two of the playoffs where you get games all day long. So um, as baseball fans, it's more of a generally more of a you have it on in the background every night while you're doing something kind of a sport you know so it's it's it is kind of fun on these days where it seems like everyone's talking or posting or tweeting about baseball yeah absolutely now unless unless you're a fan of one of these four teams the uh, Mets and Nationals unfortunately had to be canceled 
postponed technically is the right word because of COVID. The Red Sox and the Orioles have been postponed as well. I don't know of that reason, though, Gino. I, I have not had an opportunity to dig into that one yet, even though I'm a Red Sox fan. So I don't know if that's weather-related or COVID-related. Not sure if you saw that game at Tiger Stadium with the snow. The snow that was flurry. Insane. Very cool to kind of see that in baseball. You're more used to seeing it in football, but it was kind of cool seeing it in Miggy Cabrera, one home run closer to that 500 mark. But uh, – yeah, no, have and you the seen Red a reason one, for the PPD for the Red Sox and Orioles yeah, yet? Yeah, it is rain. It is rain. It is rain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the other was, uh, I think they said, they didn't say exactly who. There were a couple people that tested positive for COVID. So, um, yeah, that is a, a bummer for both. Obviously, I hope everyone's healthy. But for both of those teams, they're sort of in a little bit of limbo now to start their season, um, I think. Um, I, I think it was the national players. So I'm not sure if they had any kind of contact or they were really around any of the, the I guess, it would have been the Mets players. So we'll see if um, it just ends up being something that ends up affecting the nationals for a little while to start the season. But um, yeah, they're. There were a couple hiccups to start, but um, you know we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope that that was something right off the bat, and they're, they're being you know just careful and precautionary, and um, you know uh, for as much as we discussed this, you know early on, um, we were both saying like pretty confidently that we didn't think certain sports were going to be able to complete their seasons last year. I think you, I think I was like a little less bullish on football. You didn't think the bubble thing was going to work very well. And we were both, but everybody, despite some hiccups did a great job of finding the best way to get through it. Um, everybody managed to stay very healthy. Uh, and, and you know, I, I, I trust baseball. I think they'll do a good job moving forward. And, um, I'm just a little bummed right now as I look and see my Dodgers down eight to four, Mike. Yeah, look, there are a lot of uh, big name number one, big name pitchers, number one aces on their staffs that uh, ha- had a hard time with it today. Uh, thus far, early, very early in this season, uh, but you got guys like uh, Luis Castillo uh, from the Cincinnati Reds, who's had a couple of really good years in a row now, but he got hammered, barely got into the fourth inning. Gave up 10 runs, eight of them earned, doled out a couple of walks, got battered around for eight hits. Darvish uh, in, was starting. I don't know if you to, saw this. In, I'm sorry? Darvish, too, was like I was watching that game, and you could see he was starting to get banged up, and then it was boom. All of a sudden, they were up, I think it was five or six to two, the Padres, and the game's tied 7-7 right now. He gave up, I think, four earned runs, and he didn't even get through five innings. Now, did you see the Rangers and the Royals? So check this out. The Rangers pitcher couldn't – actually, it started off with the, with the Royals pitching first because they were at home. Okay, so Keller, supposedly their ace, just got into the second – one out into the second inning and was pulled after nine hits, six earned runs, two walks. In the top uh, – the bottom half for the Royals batting, they got to Gibson so fast and so hard, he was pulled after one out in the game. Yeah. Three walks, four hits, five earned runs, boom, you're done. So a lot of these guys have been pulled much earlier. Uh, Maeda had a decent outing, but he was pulled in the, in the fifth. Brandon Woodruff after four innings. Um, these guys kind of got sort of high in the pitch count as well. Um, but those were actually some of the better outings uh, from from what I've seen so far um, in this uh, opening day. But that's look, that's... 
that's kind of par for the course, right? You, you, you always have, it seems, and I don't know why, Gino, maybe you can have an explanation for this. Seems like one unit is usually more ahead than another unit, right? Typically, it's the pitching. They're ahead of the uh, early season, and then the kind of the hitters start warming up later. But you have a lot of, and they say maybe it's because of the cold weather or whatever, but it seems to be kind of flipped around this year. It seems like, or I shouldn't say this year. I mean, can't make a lot of judgment today. calls on six yeah, games. But, I mean, today, the, the hitters are getting their way. We'll see how it evens out. Um, through the course of, of these three, four game series and uh, over the first month here. But look, man, the beauty of this is the speculation, is the assumptions, is the overreactions, is the predictions, all of this kind of stuff. And with that in mind, you know, so I just came back from Las Vegas and you were talking about managing COVID and how well these teams and these leagues have done thus far. I think Vegas has done a pretty nice job. This is the second time for me going in the last like 30 days or so. And even though you'll see some people not even wearing masks at all, the way that they've set things up over there, you pretty much can't be in anywhere commercial without your masks on and they enforce it. They enforce social distancing. So if you see somebody without a mask, it just means that he's not next to anybody or near anybody. Because they really enforce that social distancing aspect, especially if you're going to be slacking off a little bit. Yeah. So I was pretty impressed with uh, how they've set up things in Vegas. I, I don't see any potential outbreaks over there unless they start getting crowds that are so big that it becomes tough to enforce it and to manage it. So, um, but while while in Vegas, you made a few wagers about the. Yeah, I was just going to say right? that I'm like yeah. I don't want to ramble too much about COVID and and managing that aspect of no. things. But the reason I was bringing it up is because. So I was at Caesars Palace, and for those who haven't been there in a while or are not aware, all of the Caesars family of hotels, Harris, Rio, Planet Hollywood, Link, etc., are uh, they're owned by the same company, and they've all switched to William Hill being their sports book provider. So if you go to any of those casinos, you're going to see guys with guys and gals with William Hill polos, and the app is the Caesars William Hill app. I can't make any plays with it while I'm in California, but I can when I'm in Nevada. I could see my balance here, and I could also see my plays. I made a, uh, a series of plays. I made about 20 plays overall. Kind of sounds crazy, but you'll kind of see how I divided them up. It's mainly futures and stuff. And let's go over them. We'll play a little game. Am I going to cash on these plays, or am I going to toss them? Am I going to tear up these tickets? Okay, let's hear them. All right? Let's hear them. Even though technically they're digital, they're not really tickets because they're on my app. But uh, let's let's take a look-see here. So let's start with oh, – I'm trying, I'm trying to pull it up here. I was kind of stalling until they uh, populate into my phone. Uh, but I'll tell you, like off memory at least. So – MVP. Okay, you cut out for a slight second there. All I heard was okay. MVP. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I still haven't pulled it up. Jeez. Okay, okay. Okay, so until I get these open, I did basically what I did is they have one kind of cool wager genome, and I think you'll, you'll dig on this. Who gets to 30 wins first? And they'll compare two teams that are supposed to be kind of even. Right. Okay. So one of them was like, for example, like the Angels and the Cubs. Who gets to 31st? That type of thing. So 
it's pretty cool um, the way that they've set these features up. But here we go. Let's get it started. So I took – this is more of a fun one. And these aren't necessarily my predictions. I was looking for value, Gino, okay? Sure. The Red Sox to win the American League pennant, 30 to 1. That's not about value. So I, I Ten don't bucks know, I, on it. So I know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay holding on to that. Okay. Am I cashing it or probably tossing it at the end of the year? Okay, um, I mean, I'm not tossing it now. Let's okay. put it that way. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I, fair. I'm, I'm keeping it. Yeah. I, I'm keeping it now. Okay. I think that's a, that's a fair way to look at it. Now, I thought there was decent value for the Padres to win the pennant. And I was looking at it as, hey, you're talking about the second best team in the National League. And you're getting three and a half to one odds. So I was like, you know what? I think that's worth a hundo. So I, I put that on the Padres to Absolutely. win the NL. Not to win the World Series, just to win the pennant. Absolutely. Sure. No doubt okay. about it. That's, that's completely logical. AL pennant. 100 to one odds. Kansas City Royals. You have to. That's your team. You yeah. have to do that. You've been play, you've been chasing them for the last few years. You have to yeah, keep that was a ten. It. That was a ten bucker. So and not, not a big the, one. We discussed when we talked all about the American League uh, on that's what G said the other day. It's a little more wide open than it feels in in most years. Like uh, the Astro, it, it you know uh, in some years it was like oh there are three teams and it's going to be one of these three teams. Doesn't feel that way this year. No, no, it doesn't. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a little bit more. You can narrow it down a lot easier in the National League, especially at the very, very top. But even, I think, like division winners and a wild card, they're, uh, it's kind of like one of those things where at the end of the year, you probably look back and you're like in the 90th percentile of accuracy in, uh, in the National League, whereas the American League, it is kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Sticking with the National League, the over on wins for the Padres at 94 took the over. Yeah, that's, that's, and now, that's just a normal Padres minus today. 110 wager. Yeah, anything Padres related is compl- is fine. They're going to be really good. Red Sox over seventy eight wins. Yeah, and and I have no problem with that too. Uh, I want I and I'll tell you if I do. I just th- that's not bullish. They don't even have to. That's not that bullish yeah. at all. Like yeah. that, they don't even have to be a five hundred team. Yeah, pr- pretty much. You know, from seventy eight to seventy nine. You know, uh, once you get to like eighty or eighty one. Yeah, eighty one. Eighty one is five hundred mark. So. I guess I'm kind of saying I think this is a 500 team or better. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't say they're a 90-win team, but that gives me a lot of wins in between 78 and 90. Yep. How about the Royals over 75 wins? Um, yeah, that's probably more optimistic. I mean, I don't mind the flyer on the because of such a long shot, but the over 75 at that, that's probably my least favorite of them. They'll probably be just slightly below that. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Of all the ones so far, that's probably though my least favorite. Okay, so get this. So you know how they have the sheets off to the side of these sports books, and then you kind of hold the sheet and you go up to the window, that type of thing, right? And the sheets are printed every single morning, and they have everything from the uh, morning lines for you know Charlestown and that whole sheet printed out, uh, or Northfield Park, and then they have MLB, NFL, and NBA, so on and so forth. So. In the future sheet for MLB, which was printed in the morning, it was 72 for the Royals. When I went to punch a ticket, it was 75. So I went up there. I'm like, hey, is this – am I going to get better if I punch it through you guys in the app? Because it's three games off. They said, no, we took in a big, big wager on the Royals. 
moved up from 72 all the way to 75. Well, that, yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. So, okay. Uh, American League Cy Young, 50 to 1 on Jesus Lazardo, Oakland A's pitcher. Sure. 50 to 1. I mean, I'm like, hey, you know, this guy's top prospect. He came in, did really well. Absolutely. I'll take 50 to 1 on that. Absolutely. Uh, how about Lamette, the Padres ace, who's looks like he's got a UCL strain, so he's missing today, and uh, I don't know how long he's. Let's just say he misses a couple of starts, maybe at the most. Uh, Forty to one on Lamette. Yeah, the odds aren't bad. The only thing that worries me about him and someone like him is that I think his staff is so deep that they have a chance to just like take votes away from each other there could be multiple players on their staff splitting the vote i don't know if he'll he'll be dominant enough on that staff um he could have the same exact numbers and be pitching on a different staff and probably stand out a little bit more that would be my only concern there with him yeah yeah i think i think that makes a lot of sense um a couple of these other ones we don't need to necessarily spend some time on because it's like um actually maybe we will i could not believe this gino to win the al east I got twenty-two to one for the Red Sox. Twenty-two to one. That's a that's a great price. I think that's a fantastic price. Yeah, that's a really good it. price. I thought it was gonna be like eight to one, ten to one. Typically, typically because the divisions only have four or five teams, you know, in, in these sports or at least in baseball and football, you don't get very good odds unless you have like the Jacksonville Jaguars at the bottom or something like that. But even like the mid-tier teams, they usually are very conservative when it comes to these odds. They kind of stiff you a little bit. So I couldn't believe I got 22 to 1s on that one. I did go on the over on the Indians at uh, 81 for their seasonal over. Um, that's I think probably I the one, that, one that we differ. Yeah, that's, that's what G said. Yeah, that's I, that's probably we one went the, over the staff a little bit, I was like, you know what? I think this is more than a 500 team. Yeah, that was probably one of the few that we sort of were different on. I'm still um, – uh, I'm still a little lower on just overall. Um, I do think their staff is fine. I don't know how good it'll be, but I don't know if their offense is going to be able to produce enough to go along with the staff to just to get them enough win games. So that one I would go against. Uh, I would okay. go on your under on your Indians one there. Okay. Uh, Juan Soto to win the RBI title in the National League. Yeah, that, that's great. To one. He, he's okay, right? There was something about that he had, but he's fine, right? I, think, I don't think it was any I issue. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, so, I mean, if he's healthy, I mean, Acuna and, and Soto, as far as just like, not not even in RBIs, but it's just like the next guys coming up, they are as good as any, and if they, you know, plant themselves in that, they're already in that conversation, but um, all they really need is like one year where they, they put up the best numbers to like really be in that conversation with the Mookies and the Trouts. No doubt about that. I agree with you. A couple quick ones, and then we'll go to commercial break. Who's going to win 30 games first, the Padres or the Braves? Who would you think? I think you probably went with the Padres. Um, and that that's probably – the Braves probably were a little bit more value um, on there. So, I mean, the Padres seem to be the more likely team, though, because I just no doubt about it with all that. Yeah, their- you're right about that. The Padres were the minus 130, and if you took the Braves, you got plus 120. Yeah. I don't know if that's enough for me to want to take the Braves. I probably want like plus 140 or so, maybe like a little bit more than that. Okay. Uh, plus 105 for the Red Sox versus the Cubs. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I think the Cubs have a very, there's a, 
a, a big chance that the Cubs sort of end up being a team that is uh, starts selling off early. Their pitching staff, I, you know, I I referenced the uh, FanGraphs projections a lot of the time, and I reference certain things, but they're projected to be one of the worst pitching staffs in the entire league. Yeah. No, I agree uh, with you. I don't think they're going to be very good. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gino. I feel a little bit better about my wagers after kind yeah, of talking to you. Yeah, I do too. I'm, you. I'm, I think you got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good rooting interest throughout the year. Yeah. So check out these futures. They can be kind of fun, guys. And I don't know when they start pulling them. Um, obviously, I got them in, got them in yesterday before the season started. But I think they keep some of them around for a little while longer. Let's take a quick commercial break, Gino. We'll come back. We'll do our MLB preview. Show right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, we're talking all baseball on opening day of the MLB season. Mike just shared some of the wagers that he made on some of the, the futures and uh, um, over-unders and totals, other things like that for, throughout the season. And now we'll start to get into some of our overall predictions. Where do you want to you wanna start on that, Mike? I think we usually start from the NL East, if I remember correctly, on, sure. uh, on anything baseball prediction-wise related so why don't we start with the east sure you want to give it a shot or you want me to get yeah so we actually we were just 
uh, talking during the break a little bit about the Braves. Um, they are, you know, you got the Braves, the Marlins, the Mets, the Nationals, and the Phillies there. And I do think that the Braves are probably the most likely winner of the division. I'd probably have them stacked right up on top. And it, it was just to below them as far as the wild card is concerned. I mean, I could see, like, we talk about the Mets. I could see anything happening with them. Talk about the Phillies, the Nationals. I could see anything happening with either of those teams. I do think the Marlins are probably the weakest team in the division here. So I'll slightly lean with the Braves on, on top in this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Nationals to win the division, Gita. Okay. I'm gonna go with what I feel is the best top to bottom pitching staff. And they also got some sticks. Whereas I can't say that the Braves have, you know, a good pitching staff and sticks. They've got sticks. They can hit. They're gonna score runs. But I, I'm a little bit leery of their pitching staff. Um, the one that was really tough for me was the Mets. And if you remember, they were kind of my long shot world series winner a couple of years ago. Um, and they just suffered way too many injuries to their pitching staff. And until they proved to me that they could keep their pitchers on the field for 90% of the season, at least, um, that's the separator for me between them being a, a legit contender or not. Uh, but here's what I'll tell you. I think if there's a division that's going to be able to produce three, you know, playoff teams, two wild cards, it's it's the NL East. Yeah, so I agree. I'm going to say, agree. yeah, I'm going to say the Nationals win the division, and it's going to be a really tight contest between the Mets and the Braves. The Mets get the first wild card. If they get a second wild card, it's the Braves. I think the addition of Charlie Morton quietly is going to be a big uh, addition for the Braves. I think that'll help their rotation a little bit. So I'll pick the Braves slightly on top of the Nationals where, you know, that that staff uh, with with that three-headed monster still uh, we'll see, you know, Strasburg if he's able to sort of bounce back um, after a lackluster and, you know, kind of a year he probably wants to put a line through last year. Um, they, they still are really good there. Uh, and I think they're going to be a, a playoff team, probably a wild card team there. Uh, the the biggest question I have is the Mets, and uh, you know, can we continue to get those type of years from Degrom? I probably have uh, two playoff teams coming out of this division, and okay. I have the the Braves and the Nationals, or I, yeah, the Braves and the Nationals. And is it kind of a similar thing as I just kind of laid out about their injuries and 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 especially in the pitching staff? Is that oh, yeah. the main concern? Yeah, the, the issues I have with the Mets are just I I still don't really know. I, I trust Alonzo. I trust Lindor. And I think Lindor just every day like adding that, they're gonna be better than they've been the last couple of years. But like you said, there's still there's still this weird like um like drama around them all the time. I, you know, it's it's felt like for a decade or so that like things don't go right, players getting injured, um, trading for this, bad stuff happening all over. So I, I think I think the Mets fans kind of feel that way too. So I, I sort of sort of they're sort of like a, I need to see it to believe it kind of team, you know. You, you, that was perfect wording, by the way. <laughs> drama, right? Because because soap opera. Even like um, Jose Reyes when he comes over. Or Edwin Diaz, the closer, when he comes over. You know, you got guys that are – and Reyes was there, left, came back. But you got guys who are like legit top-of-their-game guys who just – it just – everything goes terrible for them. I know they've had a couple of guys that had to deal with um, 
their own terrible mistakes in domestic violence. Um, it just seems like, yeah, they get to New York and they just, you know, they lose it. They, they don't do well for whatever reason. And the concern for me after DeGrom, Carlos Carrasco, who's a great story in of itself, is a cancer survivor. But beyond him, you have two guys who have always had a lot of talent. They've got good stuff, um, Stroman and Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker still hasn't been able to put it together for a season. Yeah. Stroman has, uh, but he hasn't strung together back-to-back seasons that are like really, really strong. So it, to me, it's a big question mark about this pitching staff. And obviously, they've got another one of their aces who's shelved, I believe, for the whole year. So it's pretty much DeGrom carrying that load. And I think that's a, that's a bit much for a pitching staff to rely on just one guy. I'm afraid of burnout for him. Yeah, uh, I he is awesome. I mean, and when you just look at like some of the advanced metrics and stuff like war and it's some what he's done the last couple of years, he's projected to, again to just be um, head and shoulders above uh, most of the starting pitch, uh, pitchers out there. I uh, I just I worry about their depth. And we've seen him have dominant years, and it still not really matter all that much for them. I do think they're going to be better, and I do think they'll be in the mix. Let's see how like they're the type of a team who I think a really good start could do worlds for. And the type of the team who, like, a poor start could be awful for. I completely agree. Now, some quick uh, – I need to correct myself on something that I was incorrect about and a quick update. So Carrasco is actually on the 10-day DL because of a hamstring situation. So – and that was as of today. So this is fresh news. So he won't be getting the start tomorrow. Um, I don't know if that's retroactive at all, but I would suspect he's going to probably miss one more if it's 10 from today, uh, the one that I was incorrect about was suggesting that Noah Syndergaard could be out for the year. Now, he's technically on the 60-day DL, okay? And sometimes they do that to give somebody a chance to be able to come back. The reason I say I think I'm wrong is because I see here that he hit 96 miles an hour in a bullpen session. Okay. A week ago, which would suggest to me... That I don't know. I mean, if he's hitting, if they're letting him even throw that hard, he's not too far off. He probably is not too far off. So who knows? You know, maybe he is able to come back by June first or something. If that's the case, that's a boost. I, I think that's kind of a game changer. I think it really helps quite a bit. And you know, because of that, that's why I say I think there's going to be three division, three playoff teams from this division. We're going to move to the NL Central next. Yep. Why don't you uh, start there with the, NX, with the NL Central? I think the NL Central is the most, like the differential between the top team's win totals and the bottom team's isn't going to be that dramatic. And if it is, it's going to be, it's not going to be because the top team had 108 wins. It's going to be because the bottom team just sank deep far south yeah, right it's so it's funny it's funny that you say that because the projections have these four teams all to be 500 or just below they actually have uh one team at 81 and 81 one team at 79 and 83 one team at 78 and 84 one team at 78 and 84 and then one team well below at 66 and 96 so let's they're see saying you, the division winner is gonna be 500 there's a division winner will be exactly 500 two games above 
three teams that are basically deadlocked and then one team well behind them. So let's now, see if you is, can What's your source? Those. Is that Picota or is that Fangraphs? This, this is Fangraphs. So without okay. looking, I know you haven't like like looked at what I'm looking at. No. Which team is the team in this division that's well below everybody else? Pirates. Yep, absolutely. Now, which team is the team do you think that they've got projected to be two games above the other three teams? Wow. Brewers? Yep, that's the one. Okay. And that's the one who I slightly will lean towards as my division winner too. Okay. Mainly because this year, what they've got is they've got two actual legitimate starting pitchers. Two guys that could be number ones. Uh, You know, Woodruff was a guy who a lot of people were like, who's Woodruff? And then last year, like, he pitched some incredible games in the playoffs against the Dodgers a couple years ago. He and did. then last year he really proved who he proved it. And and Burns came out of nowhere. He his stuff is absolutely incredible. I think that one two punch with uh, a, a solid bullpen, you know, when you got Hader in there, he's gonna give you some good innings. And then you add that with a a pretty potent lineup. You know, they added uh Jackie Bradley Jr. to uh, a lineup. They brought in Colton Wong. Yelich had a brutal, miserable year. He's going to bounce back. Even if he's not MVP again, he's just going to have a much better year than he had last year. Um, I think this team is actually, you know, I think they could over, uh, you know, they could outproduce their projections, but like, and win 85, 86 games or so. I don't, like you said, I don't think they're getting, anybody in this division is going to sniffing close to a hundred wins or 95 or anything like that. But I think they might just be uh, a little bit better uh, all around than everybody else. Just a little bit. I, I like the Brewers. I, look, I, to me, I think this is a uh, two horse battle between the Brewers and the Cardinals. I agree. And I, I think we can't sleep on the Cardinals They've got a good lineup, and they added Arenado. We'll see what he does outside of Coors. His, I've mentioned it before, but his splits on the road have been better than most Colorado players, most Rockies players on the road. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's in a baseball town. They're going to really appreciate him and embrace him. St. Louis Cardinals have traditionally done well with free agent signings. So we'll see if that fits into that mold. And I think their pitching staff, even though there are some question marks, but look, we know if we get the best of Flaherty, Miles Mikolas, Adam Wainwright, who had a great bounce back year last year, Carlos Martinez, who have, who has great stuff, and then they have Kwang Hyun Kim, um, that could end up being a pretty decent pitching staff. I think they win the division, and I think they win it with 88-89 wins. Um, I wish that the fan grass total was offered at William Hill because I would go over over on for sure. That well, well, here, here's the thing on the on the projections. The projections are always more conservative in the middle than than like actual over under win totals um, for the season. For the most part, they're a little. They don't go. You just you don't see anyone that's got like closer to 100 or you don't see anyone that's like really 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 low because they kind of build in just a a little more until they have reasons to start getting information from this now, year. is that one of those things you know where they do like ten thousand simulations or something yes, like that yes and it's more okay. and, it's, and it's similar to like um in like football outsiders and some of the stuff that we reference like the more information they'll get throughout this year the more they'll be able to quickly make adjustments and their numbers will be even better these are all based on projections of what players have done in past years and you know what they're assuming teams are 
going to be. But right off the bat, a couple teams get some injuries, a couple teams outproduce those projections, some player all of a sudden is better, and then all of a sudden a team goes up a couple of wins. And, and that's where they start to separate themselves. So um, I think we are exactly the same in this in this division. I thought the the loss of of Bauer, I think is really going to hurt the Reds just from a, a day in, day out, trying to compete. Um, I, I just, I, I don't believe in, in what the Cubs are going to be throwing out there with Hendricks, Davies, Arietta, Trevor Williams, Alec Mills, um, and then, you know, a bullpen that's a little bit questionable. I don't think very much of the Pirates. So I think um, if I had, when I had to stack them, it would be uh, Brewers, Cards, Reds, Cubs, Pirates. Uh, same order for me, except flip-flop the uh, Brewers and the Cardinals. I think the Brewers are, are actually a good team. I agree with all your reasons, Gino. Their bullpen is fantastic. Their closer is fantastic. To me, the one separator was I looked at additions and subtractions, and the Brewers actually have some additions in that. They have Colton Wong, who is a great table setter. I like Colton Wong quite a bit. Him and Keston Hura are going to be two really, really fun guys to watch in the infield. Uh, and they also have the addition of Lorenzo Cain, only in addition because he opted out last, last year. year. Yeah, no, you're right. That's so, a great point. So I think the additions are good. The The question marks to me were, are, how does Lorenzo Cain perform? He's getting a little bit older now, taking a year off. How long does it take him to get back into the groove of things? And he's your center fielder. Your left fielder, former MVP, Christian Yelich, does he bounce back? Or does the stress from last year's poor performance carry over to this year? I think he's a superb professional hitter. He's young enough. He should be able to get out of that funk. But until he does, um, that's to me, is going to be the separator between them and the Cardinals. Yep. Yeah, that's a very, very fair point. And uh, the Central, which, you know, the Central is... Uh, this year, I think with the Cubs maybe uh, struggling a little bit that we're projecting, maybe it won't be quite as competitive, and maybe even the Reds not quite. I do think it is, it feels like the those are the top two there with the Brewers and the Cards. As we move into the NL West, it does sort of feel like there's a top two out West also, doesn't it, Mike? Two-horse race once again. Obviously, we're talking about the Dodgers and the Padres. To me, this is kind of an easy prediction. The Dodgers won and the uh, I wouldn't even say necessarily that the Padres are 1A. I think they're a clear-cut two to me, but I think both of them are going to be the top two teams in the National League, which just kind of shows you how strongly I feel that the Dodgers have the most complete team in all of baseball. I think they win the division. I think they flirt with some pretty high win totals. The only one that could beat them is themselves. I think if they feel that they're the best and we've seen favorites do that uh, over the years in all sports, um, but if they come out and they're really, really focused and I know Dave Roberts kind of gets some grief from the LA fans over here, but I think he's superb. I really like him quite a bit. I think he's the exact kind of manager that could keep things loose. Um, if anything, he overmanages sometimes in terms of, um, rotating guys around whether it be in the lineup or starting lineups or positionally on the field i think that might actually be a pro this year although i have been against it in years past i think just to be able to keep things moving for a team that's considered a heavy favorite you're going to have to do something to get these guys to be competitive amongst themselves to get more at bats to retain their spots etc does that make sense to you gino yep yep very much 
and and I, I mean, I can't be really creative about anything in the uh, in the West either. I think we're gonna have two playoff teams from out here. So, um, and, and I think it, it'll it'll be a little bit of a battle. Um, I, just like anything, until the Padres approve. Sort of, uh, it reminds me a little bit of a, a Laker Clipper type thing in that the Clippers are very talented and they are, uh, in the last couple of years, they have a team that could absolutely win the whole thing. But it's sort of until like we see them do it recently with this group or we until we kind of see them get over the hump i think it was the same thing that everybody was thinking about for the dodgers and until they did it last year and it's amazing how just kind of getting one of them uh like get, getting that off your uh, like getting off the schneid in that sense like winning it all one time makes you kind of relax a little bit and and you know that okay we've been there we know we can do it uh once the padres prove they can win it all i mean they're going to perennially be a top top team so i actually wouldn't even be shocked if they won more regular season games than the Dodgers. Um, wow. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't, and I, I don't think if it, like it would be far, but if they end up winning like two or three more games and both of these teams are in like the hundred range, that wouldn't shock me. Cause I think, I think something is, is like that, that because of injury for the Dodgers or no, lack I think, of focus. I just like think I like something like that is more important. Yeah. I think it's something like that is more important to a team like the Padres, right? I think they want to come out and prove that they, they're really good. Right. I don't okay. think the Dodgers really have have to prove very much right now. I, I think they're sort of in the situation where it's like if it comes in a playoffs and you're in a, a series with the Dodgers, no matter what they've done throughout the year, you're probably going to give them an edge. You know, even if they had a, a like an underwhelming year, I think with the Padres, they kind of want to come out and show everyone that they're pretty they're like a real badass team. And I, and I think they will do that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I, th- I actually still think the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers will win the division. I'm, you know, obviously I'm picking chalk, but it would not shock me if the Padres win like 102 games and the Dodgers win like a hundred, something like that. Okay. That makes perfect sense. We got to take a commercial break, Gino, and we'll go over the American league on the other side. Going into this break, I got a question for you though. Over under, so Dodgers and Padres are clear cut. The best two teams in the NL West over or under a 15-game differential between the second team, whoever ends up being the Padres or the Dodgers, and the number three team. Over. I think it's going to be like 18. I kind of think so, too, because I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? We might see one of those things where the the next team is like 20 games back. Yeah. They could all be slightly under 500. And yeah. if, these, if these teams are well over five, that well over 520 games, then it, it I, I would say – in the 15 to 20 range. So I would say over your line of 15. <laughs> yeah, I think the hardest thing to handicap is the uh, the the uh, cold deck trifecta on third, fourth, and fifth. Right. Uh, I'm going to go Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies. I think I would go Giants, Rockies, D-backs. Ooh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think the Rockies have at least some pitching that might be able to keep them into games. Like if they're... If some of their better pitchers hit, they have a, a high ceiling. So um, at least from from like a young talent standpoint, I think they can they can be yep. a little bit better than they're supposed to. Agreed. Let's take our final commercial break. We'll come back. We'll go over the three American League divisions and give out some World Series winners. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. 
The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, finishing up a final segment of our big baseball preview on opening day of the MLB season. We're going to head on over to the American League, give some predictions there. Uh, no, want- no, I, I want to warn everybody. If all of a sudden you hear, yes, you know what just happened, <laughs> which would be Edwin Rios is up, two runners on, runners on first and third, zero outs, Colorado Rockies closer, Daniel Bard on the mound, and the, the Dodgers have an opportunity with a tying run at the plate, and they're going to get at least three at-bats unless there's a double play to be able to drive in three runs. So yeah, we'll, nice we'll, we'll keep you guys all informed throughout this at-bat and the final couple of ABs here if it continues on during our show. Let's go to the AL East and start yep, here. I'll get things going, and I'm going to – I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a surprise long shot here and say that the Blue Jays are gonna win the division, Gino. Look at that, okay. I, and I'm also gonna say that the AL East, like the NL East, is gonna be the division that if there is a division that produces three teams, it's gonna be the East. My order is Blue Jays win, Yankees second, Tampa a close third. Those are the wild card one, wild card two teams followed by the Red Sox, and then the Orioles at the basement, of course. The only other possibility possibility for two playoff teams would be the A's and the Astros in the West, but I'll save that for two more divisions from now. So that's my order in the East. It's going to be one of those things where, uh, and I'll just give a quick rationale. When you look at baseball, and also I use the same formula in football too, Gino, for whatever reason it is, whether it be quarterbacks or certain key positions for baseball season number three for some of these young guys ends up being one of the best in their career. And you could go back and look at Don Mattingly, Wade Boggs, uh, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, all the way from when I started following in the eighties through now, go back and look at the third full season for guys And I think you have a lot of young guys on the Blue Jays 
who are entering that season two, season three, season four mark. And I think they're going to have a fantastic season. I think they're going to really put it together offensively. And I think they're going to surprise the world and win the division. We already saw another Toronto team win in the NBA not long ago. I think they're going to be pleased with their baseball unit. Yeah, I think uh, they are going to be a playoff team, no doubt about it. And I do agree with you that there could be three playoff teams out of here. I have them stacked just slightly differently. Yankees and then Blue Jays, Red Sox basically uh, together. I think they're both going to be solid. I would slightly put the Blue Jays above them because I think they have a little more proven pitching at the moment with the question marks about Rodriguez and Sale for the Red Sox. But um, I, I do think all three of those teams have a legitimate opportunity to make the playoffs. Uh, in well, the, so you're uh, excluding the, the Rays. You think they've really dropped off with the Yeah, I think they're the going to be below. Yeah, I do. I think they're going to be a couple low. Uh, like I said, I think they're going to be closer to a 500 team where the other two teams are going to be more like a mid-80s. Yankees probably closer to like la- uh, low 90s. I think the Rays will be solid i don't know if they're going to be able to score enough to make up for the fact that um they did lose a a good amount from their pitching staff so i think they'll be more so just like an average baseball team okay fair enough and and i'll say this if the red sox pitching staff does pitch well then i think you could flip-flop the rays and and the red sox but for now i'm gonna say blue jays the winner followed by the yankees tampa boston and orioles let's move to the al central I like the White Sox last year uh, to take a step forward, and I think they will continue to take that step forward. I trust in their pitching staff a little more than you do. Uh, so I think the White Sox will slightly win the division over the Twins. Um, I actually do think the Royals have an opportunity this year to battle for the third spot in the division with Cleveland and the Tigers being the cellar dwellers there in the AL Central. S- same thing we've said a couple of times. Almost exact order, flip-flop the top two. I'm going to take the Twins to win the division, followed by the White Sox. And I think the Indians are going to be better than people think. But I do think that you are right. It's going to be a battle for that third spot between the upstart Royals and the Cleveland Indians. I don't think very much of the American League West that we head to. Um, I, I, I don't really trust... The Astros pitching staff, they've been a lot deeper and a lot better in previous years. Now, I think we, we, we spoke about how overall there aren't that many strong staffs throughout the American League, but I don't, uh, there's still going to be a, a very potent offense and a potent lineup. So I think they are probably a wild card team. I have them stacked second behind the A's, who I think with their pitching staff, I think they will be able to um, kind of get a stranglehold on this division. And then I'd probably have the Angels below uh, below them and, and then uh, the two uh, Mariners and the Rangers at the bottom. Yeah, for me, Oakland A's are the division winner. I think they're perennially good. Um, I think the Astros are right there with them, but the A's get the nod for me, followed by the Astros. My long shot out of the West is the Seattle Mariners. And I think they finished third. I think they surprised the world. They've got a lot of young talent. And I think they're going to be able to string some wins together after the All-Star break. I don't expect a good start necessarily, but I think after the All-Star break, they'll turn it on. I have them in third, followed by the Angels and the Texas Rangers will be a clear-cut seller dweller. So, who are our pennant winners? Let's wrap this up nice and neat. Why don't you go first, Gino? In the American League, my final uh, two will be the White Sox 
versus the Yankees, and I'll take the I'll take a swing with the White Sox here. Just a slight upset. I don't I don't like to always go chalk. The Yankees are going to be tough. Um, uh, I will think I think the A's will be in the mix there also, but I don't really I, I never like them as much once you get to the playoffs. They're sort of a, a team that's like built for the regular season more. Let's see if the White Sox and some of the young talent mixed with some of the big the the veterans they brought in can uh, can have them compete for uh, a pennant. So I think the White Sox will be in the World Series. On the other side, I'm going to say Dodgers Padres. So give me White Sox Dodgers in the World Series. And the winner? I got to go Dodgers. I got to go Dodgers. They're the reigning champs now. So until they beat us, uh, I got to pick the Dodgers again this year. I think they're just really, really deep. The addition of Bauer will make them so tough in in a playoff series matching up with their pitching. The ALCS for me is the Blue Jays against the Oakland A's. It'll be reminiscent of some of those early 90s matchups between the Blue Jays and the A's. It's going to remind us of that. We're going to see a lot of footage of that matchup with the A's winning. And in the National League, Dodgers and Padres completely agree with you with the Dodgers prevailing. And then we're going to see more footage, this time of the late 80s, of you-know-what, Herb Gibson and that fantastic Oh, sorry about that. I think we had uh, some technical difficulties there, but we were finishing up and Mike was talking about Kurt Gibson and the walk off. We have uh, just a couple of minutes left. So, yeah, I was I was like I thought Mike was teasing us for a second. I was like he was building up the anticipation to let us know what his uh, his actual World Series selection was going to be. But we uh, we just have a couple of minutes left here on the Mike Abadir show. And I uh, want to thank everyone for tuning in again on this opening day of the baseball season. And now each and every week we will have baseball to discuss we're going to have uh, nfl draft news as we continue on we're going to have uh, nba as we get close to the playoffs we'll let you know what happened in the final four in the ncaa as uh, Gito. there we are Hello. Uh, I, I apologize yeah you know what uh i had a uh, tech tech malfunction so i apologize about that i was laughing yeah <laughs> did my prediction even come through or what maybe that's such a crap prediction who knows yeah, I was well, going to say, I thought you, you were just are- building it up. I thought you were building it up. We have about a minute left, so let everybody know who's going to win it all for Mike Abadir. Yeah, so it's going to be A's and Dodgers in the World Series, reminiscent of the Kirk Gibson days. We're going to have the Dodgers prevail just like 1988. I like the sound of that, Mike. I like the sound of that. And uh, I, I don't like the sound of the Dodgers losing uh, the opening game of the season. But you know what? I think uh, it will be fine with plenty more to come. I, I had a blast talking baseball with you. Uh, appreciate it. If anybody wants to get even more info, we went in depth on all the American League teams, spent like an hour on That's What G Said. Mike, uh, I mean, big weekend this week, derby stuff all over the place, preps. Uh, we got NCAA Final Four, and we got baseball. Yeah, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a great weekend. I wish we had more time to talk some Derby, uh, Santa Anita Derby, but you can check out That's What G Said for all his selections. And next week, we will talk some Derby prep. We'll have some guests to talk about that as well as baseball. It's tough to get guests on opening day. That's all the time we have. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.